0: Good
1: evening. Good evening. Good evening. Hey, it's another Tuesday night. Welcome to Tuesday night's thoughts and talk with Coach Wendy Hazel. And I just want to say welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, And so if you're hopping on, I invite you to say hi, say good night, pop something in the comments
0: invite someone in. Awesome. Yay, okay, good, we're live.
1: Okay, good night, good night, good evening. Good morning, good afternoon, whenever you're watching this um, recording, this video, this live. I am so, so, so happy to have you. I'm grateful for you. I um, I want to just bless you, send a blessing to you. I don't know whatever is your need right now in your life. I want to send and extend that blessing to you and pray that it's met, right? Pray that it's met. So welcome on in night and just I want to invite you to say hi say good evening so I know you're here I just truly just want to bless and and appreciate you okay if you're watching this on the replay um, I invite you to or I'll ask you to just type hashtag replay in the comments I know you've come around and I can get to say hi and to welcome you okay so um, come on in this is Tuesday night's talk thoughts and talk with Coach Wendy Hazel. I am Coach Wendy Hazel. I am a certified Master Life Transformation Coach. I'm also a trained, certified mental health first responder, mental health first responder. And so I'm trained to recognize certain mental health issues and how to respond either with my own coaching or how to direct persons to the right help that they need. Okay. And, as a life transformation coach, I coach women women of faith who um have experienced or experiencing emotional abuse, probably have the lingering effects of that emotional abuse. It's affecting your life in different ways, some ways you don't even know, but you may recognize the confusion, indecision the emotional pain of being of being abused, of being told certain harsh things, um, being treated certain ways, okay, um, rejection, you have all these feelings, and these things are getting in the way of your life and your career, um, in the way of your relationships, okay, and so I coach women like that who are ready, 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 You are saying, I have had enough of feeling this way. I have had enough of living this way. And you are ready to move, to transition in, to transit, emerge, come out from the dark tunnel you're in, and you are ready to emerge into who you were created to be, who you desire to be, who you deserve to be. God has a plan for your life. I can tell you that for sure. He has a plan for every life created. He knows the plan. He knows the future, okay? And so there's a plan and there's a purpose for each one of us. But when we're in situations um, uh, of emotional abuse or dealing with the lingering effects, the after effects of it, we find that we don't, we're don't we not able to fulfill that purpose. We're not able to live the life that we deserve. We're not able to use our we feel, limited in the use of our gifts and talents and abilities or callings okay and so as a life transformation coach i coach and help those women walk alongside those women empower those women to overcome the effects and some in some cases you heal heal the effect from the effects of emotional abuse But you get to overcome those things so that they're not hindering you and you emerge and you're able to live the life you are, the God designed and intend for you to live, okay? A life where there's joy, there's happiness, not there where, where there's pain and hurt that is just drying up your bones and showing up, manifesting like, um, different kinds of medical illnesses in your body. Because when we go through um, abuse, emotional abuse, we're hurting on the inside. We're not happy. We have all the insecurities and all the, the negative feelings about ourselves. It's in our body and it shows up in our body in different ways as medical issues, medical issues. Okay. And so if that's something that, you find this happened to you. There's some medical issues that don't seem to have answers. Your hair is falling out. Your skin is all drying up. Different things are happening, even internally, and you're not sure and you want to to talk to somebody about that. I invite you to just message me. Send me a message. Send me a private message and I will respond if I know. If I don't know, I can maybe have some suggestions as to who's the best person to help you. Okay? But do not suffer in silence. Don't suffer in silence. This is a season where you women are coming out, coming out and emerging. And I'm not talking rebellion in any form, okay? I'm not talking going against God in any form. I'm not talking about forgetting about God because he seemed not to be saying anything or doing anything about what you're going through. That's not it. But emerging into who you were designed to be and who you deserve to be. Okay, Emerging there Um, as I'm at the beginning here and I'm going to invite people to give people time to come in and join us. I want to also share um, with you that you will find recordings of different videos I would have lives I've done. I have a YouTube channel, Coach Wendy Hazel. You can find me over there. If you go over to the YouTube channel, I want to encourage you to subscribe to the channel. Subscribe and probably turn on the notifications so you know when I post. These same videos, I post them over there. You'll find some old videos, right? Things I did before all around the topic of narcissism and emotional abuse. That's my platform. That's what I've been called to speak to, right? And for women, I, I predominantly speak to women, even though they're men who are suffering in silence because women, you can find women who are narcissistic as well. For that matter, we all have narcissistic qualities, but it's, it has it depends on the roots, the background, how we're handling it, how we're processing it. Okay. So you can find me over on YouTube, Coach Wendy Hazel, and there's a channel there. Just um, I, I invite you to subscribe to it. Follow me there. You find me here, you can follow me here. You'll find me on Instagram follow me there and you'll see different things I'll post. Again, a lot of information and and tips and tools and stuff like that to help us when we're going through those hurts. Okay. Those hurts. Um, I have a private Facebook group called Empowering Your Life. I want to invite you to um, join that group. Okay. Join that group. That group, let me make this clear that group is for women only it's women only and women who've experienced or experiencing emotional abuse either experience in the past or you're experiencing it now and i provide lots of resources and i do talks i post things in there that are helpful to enlighten us and wake us up remove the darkness um, take us out of the hiding and misunderstanding of these things. OK, and that will help you to just move forward. That will help you move. So that group is called Empowering Your Life. You make a request to join the group. I will see it and um, approve it. OK, there's, I think there's some questions there that you answer, approve to join. Again, that group is a safe group. I can't guarantee 100%. I have to be honest, safe, but people are in there and you're expected to be safe. You're expected not to go sharing anybody's business, expected not to go sharing who is in the group, because once we're dealing with narcissistic personalities, abusive personalities, we have to keep women safe. Okay, we have to keep women safe. And so we don't go into that group, see who is in there and go and gossip and say this person's in the group or this person posted this in the group or this person said this in the group. Okay. So that group is called Empowering Your Life, but in there, it's much more concentrated. Now here is a private space. I always like to share that so everybody could be aware of it. This is a, sorry, a public page. And so anything you post here, everybody can see. So if you know you're dealing with somebody who will get more abusive because you voice your opinion in public and they fear being identified and things like that, you don't want to be posting Um, anything that will be incriminating or that can put you in danger, okay? So, but you can have general conversation here. You can listen. If there's something you want to talk about and it's private, confidential, you want to be safe, not secretive, okay? I'm going to talk a little bit about secret later tonight. Not secretive, but private, confidential, and to keep you safe, you can send me a private message, DM me, okay? And I always respond. I will see and I always would respond, so again tonight, Tuesday tonight's thoughts and talk. Invite someone to come and join us tonight. Our topic, what I what's on my mind and what I want to talk about, since from last week is about shame and being shame based. Shame and being shame based. So hop right on in. Okay, with myself. Okay, hop right on in. And let's get to talking about this, okay? Thanks to the share. Thanks to the share, Karen. Good night, Karen. Hi, Alda, good night, good evening, good evening. And we have some other persons on. Um, If you feel safe, you can hop in and say good night. If not, I just truly appreciate you. I understand if you don't wanna identify yourself, totally understand and support you if um, it's for a good reason. No, if you don't want to identify yourself for wicked reasons, um, I don't I'm not saying it to you. OK. <laughs> All right. So. Shame, let's talk about shame. How many of us have you ever experienced shame? I posted something on Facebook asking a question. Um, how do you perceive or how do you view shame? And persons had different Responses. Okay. Thanks for the share, Sharon. I appreciate that. Persons had different responses about shame. And indeed, that is so accurate because shame is tied to your experience with it. Okay. Shame is tied to your experience with it. Let me put this on. Do that. Um, To your experience with shame. And there are two different types of shame. We're going to talk about that today. There are two different types of shame. Okay. The dictionary says that shame, the definition of shame, is a painful emotion caused by consciousness of guilt, shortcoming, or impropriety, okay, which is like misconduct, and so it, it, you feel bad, you feel bad, or you feel badly Because of something that makes you feel guilty, you did something against your values or whatever, or against moral code of society, and you feel guilty. Or it's a shortcoming you have, a fault, you know, of some kind of failure that you engage in, something like that, or misconduct. You behave bad. The the general definition of shame that's what it is. Okay, but when we talk about shame, shame typically comes up. It's an emotion. It's a feeling. OK, an emotion. And there's a technicality between feeling emotion. But let's just say emotion. And it comes up when we look inward. We look at ourselves with a critical eye. Critically, we look at ourselves critically and we evaluate ourselves. We check ourselves out. And we sometimes can be our harshest critic. OK, harshest critic and Often the things we're criticizing ourselves for or blaming ourselves for, we sometimes don't even have control over those things, okay? But we can do that. We turn inside, look at ourselves, criticize ourselves, and become our harshest critic and then feel that sense of shame, okay? That sense of shame. Now, something I wanted to share as you listen to this, at the beginning, I shared that I am a certified Master Life Transformation coach and also a uh, um, mental health first responder. Um, I am not, I want to put this disclaimer, I am not a licensed psychotherapist or psych or therapist, right? So some of the things I'm sharing, like I always say, is from my experiences and some may be from experiences of women that I coach clients, right? And just life wisdom, okay, that I share and things that the Holy Spirit download to me, wisdom from God that's what I share on my platform. So if you're listening to me and I may not say something perfectly like a licensed therapist, whatever, I'm not that. Okay. I'm not that. So just remember that, but I, um, just avail myself to share the wisdom, wisdom from God, wisdom from my own lives and to help, um, set captives free, right. Set captives free. Okay. Now, that when we, like I was saying, shame, the emotion comes up. It typically comes up when we look on the inside and start to criticize ourselves and kind of really we can do it harshly as well. Some of the things we blame ourselves for, criticize ourselves for is outside of our control as well. Okay, but that kind of negative self-evaluation and criticism of ourselves most times, but a lot. The root of it, the seed was planted in childhood. As a child, the seed was planted, the root was planted there, and messages and things that were said to us by others cause us to now believe certain things about ourselves. So you have parents, you have teachers, you have adults, you have older siblings. Sometimes it could be younger siblings. Let me just say siblings who have criticized you found a fault and said things about you. Okay. And because of that, you develop that sense of shame from that early age. Okay. Um, I don't know if you ever heard um person saying, or you might've said it, I might've said it. What's wrong with you? Like you make a mistake, you make a mistake, you, and, and this is a mistake. And I'm going to be talking a little bit about this because Shame, there's in the two different types of shame, you're talking about shame around something you did and shame around who you are. So it depends on how you were criticized and what was said to you as a child, as a younger person, that you develop that about yourself rather than about what you did or maybe something you said, okay? But I have known growing up, like some things, it's right, the culture I grew up in as well. A child will do something, say, for example, um, washing the dishes, and there's a special glass or plate that is probably kept for the special people who come, that kind of thing. You know, we're talking about anybody else talking about? And you now, as a teenager, your muscles are not as well developed. Um, and this is happening to boys as well, because they tend to be a little more, you know, their muscles take a little bit more time, apparently, than the girls. But your muscles not fully developed to manage everything well. And at a slip, a mistake, that dish or that plate got broken. It fell and it broke, or you pass and you hit something over, it broke. And the thing that come, the, the words that come yelling at you, raised voice, yelling at you, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? You see that? You did something by accident, but what's thrown at you is what's wrong with you. And if somebody says that to you, it makes you feel and believe after time that something is wrong with you. That's why you break the thing. You broke the thing. Something is wrong with you. That's why you couldn't get it right in school. You know, something is wrong with you if you just didn't do it perfectly like society expect you to do it, or if you didn't do it perfectly like the family expect you to do it, or like the parents. Anybody knows, can you identify with what I'm talking about? Have you ever experienced that? Okay, hi, good night, joining from England. Yeah, oh, yes, I, I broke all the dishes I heard every time. What's wrong with you? That programming makes you over time, over and over and over, realize something is wrong with me. And then we of ourselves will start to make our I am sentences, you too clumsy. So then you would say, well, you know, I am clumsy. No, no, right? So you see how that programming now attacks you as a person, attacks that child as a person. It attacks the self of the child, the self, the being, the sense of self as to who I am. But that's so wrong because it's not who I am, it's what I did. And I'm still learning to do things. I'm still developing my strength. It's not. It's outside of your control if your muscle not strong enough to lift hold that big Pyrex dish or whatever, right? Or if it's slippery, you don't have the wisdom yet to know with the soap on your hands, it's slippery or whatever's going to fall and break, okay? Some kids are growing so fast. I know that, but boys, they grow fast and like it takes a little time for them to catch up with how their legs and their body parts move and they're coming through. And if the house is small, like some of us didn't have big houses, they kick over something or jam over something, you know, that's outside of their control at that point in time. Well, if you're 45 years old, you're still kicking and jamming everything you pass through, well then, that's a little different, right? But I'm talking about the programming that happens in childhood, okay? What's wrong with you? It might've come out of, I know it might've come out of my mouth as well. Um, It might've come to your mouth. We need to repent of whatever programming, faulty programming put in the children or another person, okay? And it could be done with adults too, right? That faulty programming, but let's be aware of it and conscious of it, okay? Aware of it and conscious of it, that whenever something goes wrong, we don't attack the person, but we can speak to or address what was done or what is said and use it at the moment as a teaching moment so that there's correction. At the end of it, we wanna be in a place where there can be correction, okay? Where it can be correction. And I hope you can see that when persons grow up with that kind of programming, where seeds of shame are planted with the kind of words that are said and attacked, you know, different things do not only um, that, but like name, name calling. In my society, everybody, so many false names, so many call names, names, you're called things that that's not who you are. That's not your correct name, but it might be laughed at and uh, um, joked at. You might be seen to be too sensitive if you just try to stand up and say, no, that's not my name. Don't call me that. But all that programming was done. And I'm saying all of this, and I'm going to come wrong in the end and show how it connects with narcissism, right? How it connects with narcissism. And because it's it's there. Because you see these some persons some persons continue to do it in adulthood to other adults, right? And of course, to their children as well, right? To their children. So now there are two types of shame. There's one that you, can, as you might see referred to as ordinary shame or healthy shame or basic shame or core shame. And that is when, you know, the culture, the society has certain behaviors uh, that are acceptable and not acceptable. So some things you just don't do, right? There's moral code, moral things that is just wrong, right? So when you are taught that as a child or taught that in an early age, this is what you don't do. When you go off and do it, you know it is seen as something wrong. You believe to yourself too, that is something wrong, but you do it you have that sense of shame. You have that sense of shame, but that sense of shame, it's healthy when it's towards the behavior, knowing that you should be doing this, right? So it's towards the behavior. When you do that, now you find persons may want to start hiding or lying or secrecy because I'm doing something I know I shouldn't be doing. I know it's not right to do, right? I, because of my beliefs, I'm going, I'm being like hypocritical to myself. And so your conscious would bother you and all of that. But when it's healthy shame, it leads you to make a decision to correct that. You don't want to keep doing it. It just don't feel good. It doesn't feel good because I know the right thing. Okay. I know the right thing. So sometimes to do the right thing can be difficult. You heard Paul talk about that. The thing I want to do, I don't do. The thing that I should be doing, I do, right? So it could be difficult. But because I know I need to correct this, I know I need to change this, I know this is not what I want to keep doing, I'll get help. You go and you get help, okay? You'll pray about it. And if it's not, you ask somebody else to pray. You get a prayer partner or something, or you ask somebody to pray for you. You make that effort to acknowledge that you're wrong, and I want, I don't want this. That is healthy shame in a nutshell, right? And then after that, it goes away. So like you may break, like say, for example, breaking of the, of the dish or damaging something or going in a, like if you go in the store and you throw down, you ever went to the store and see it happened? I mean, it's happened to me, but not in a way that it, everything comes stumbling down <laughs> Over the shelf because you pull something and everything comes on. It's like, oh, you would, like we would say, if the floor could open up and take me in, that's healthy shame, right? That's healthy shame. Okay. So, and then that's going to go away. And over time, you'll talk about, oh, you remember that time when that, oh, 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 you can freely talk about it. You can, you know, over time, you can freely talk about it and move on. Healthy shame. So shame is not all bad right? Shame is not all bad because with that kind of shame happening in society and stuff, that's what kind of helps to keep order and decency and law and stuff like that, right? You have to keep it. Now, the other kind of shame is toxic shame, toxic shame. And this comes around when the shame is centered on the identity of the person. And it, again, the programming comes from childhood when the, child you as a person has been attacked so you you don't do well you don't do good grades in school you're seen as a failure you bring shame on the family you didn't get a top school you didn't go to the top university you didn't go off to college you didn't yeah and you are made to feel like a failure you of yourself you're made to feel like a failure and it becomes is a toxic thing. So you have this bad feeling about yourself. And so now you start to, I, I hope you can see that it starts to undermine yourself, worth yourself, value who I am. You start to say things about yourself. I'm so dumb. I'm this, I'm that, the I am, you know, the I am, the I am statements. And when you move into getting into a relationship with a toxic adult, you get a lot of you are statements you are, you are this and you are that and why you are this and why you are that in negative ways, okay, and that's toxic and that's childhood abuse, really childhood abuse, okay, you'll get shame around certain traumatic experiences and then certain neglect and so things you go through in childhood you're embarrassed about that, you may have some. um shame around like what your parents, our parents were not perfect. Our parents might've done things that are embarrassing in society. Um, And then you get labeled as the child of this embarrassing person in society. If if your dad is, I know kids who the dad is alcoholic, drink, fall on the street somewhere. And the mom would send, I know somebody like that. The mom would send him one, two persons, was a guy and a girl got to go look for the dad, wherever, whichever street corner he's sleeping with his bicycle or whatever because he's so drunk that's embarrassing but it's a, it's embarrassing and there's shame in the moment dealing with that but when you get labeled you go to school and something is said about you and you get labeled as the, the daughter of and, and the, it comes as if it's to you like if you're the one causing it that's toxic shame that's brought on that person right When there's toxic shame, accusations, yelling and calling you this and calling you that and making you feel stupid, making you feel less than, you find that adult, what develops there, you get anger, you get self-loathing, they discuss they don't like themselves, right? Because remember, too, we might also find what's happening, nobody's talking and processing this thing with this child. No, there's no processing, So the child has to bury and cope with it, however, and it turns into self-loathing not liking myself, not liking my situation, okay? And not liking myself. And the child doesn't know to clearly differentiate between self and behaviors. So my environment might be this way, but that's not who I am. That's not who I am. At the core, we are just created special with gifts and talents and abilities, but adults in our lives and situations in our lives cause us to bury those and, and protect ourselves from the world while hiding who we really are. Hiding who we really are, hiding some dreams and things like that, okay? So the toxic shame will make you feel small, make a person feel small, it makes them feel worthless. And they and could have a lot of negative self-talk, negative things you're saying about yourself, negative things. And so you find persons with the, the toxic shame also is that emotional pain right feeling bad you'll get things like um, you know persons would get engaged in cutting cutting and stuff like that I know a young lady who told me she had I, I saw her, I saw her and every time I see her there's another tattoo on her body and I said oh you got another tattoo she, and she just whispered to me because I know and she said I hurt myself to dumb dull the pain in my heart pain my emotional pain And so persons will now turn to other things. You'll see that happening, you know, different different forms of self-abuse or engaging in stuff, cutting and alcohol and smoking and different things they'll do. Right. Um, Substance abuse and substance misuse just to numb, not to deal with the shame, not to deal with the shame, the toxic shame they're feeling. Because toxic shame, unlike the healthy shame, on healthy shame is has to do with a particular incident and you will you move on from it. Toxic shame is there with you all the time, living with it every day. Okay. And so that wanting to hide and to escape and to be ashamed of myself will lead to all those harmful behaviors that people engage in. Okay. And so coming out of that, I want to talk a little bit, just mention shame based. So we have a lot of shame-based things around that we need to be aware of, need to be aware of. Some of us may be operating in it. Some of us, we can get uh, be alerted and know not to go into it, but be aware of it. And something is shame-based when the disapproval and disappointment is not focused on behaviors, but is focused on the person, the person, I'm disappointed in you. You might hear those words. I'm disappointed in you. I di- am I disapprove of you. I, I don't like you. I don't like you. You may hear I hate you and things like that. The attack goes to the person rather than their behavior, something they said or did, okay? And so that now leads a person to, um, you find the person feels unworthy and some persons can go, covert go quiet with that or some just could be so overt and get so out in your face with it okay out in your face feeling worthless but the uh, the ones that will be out in your face is the ones who will really be flamboyant and getting out there and looking for approval looking for approval so anytime you see somebody is so hungry for approval of their outer appearance and their performance Looking for approval of appearance and performance, there's a likelihood behind that is shame. Lots of shame. Lots of shame, okay? Because they feel worthless. They feel worthless. You know, I, that sometimes you see persons posting, you see a lot of posting online, posting uh, about not feeling that they could have made it, like somebody who's gone off and achieved something. They achieve something great. It's good to achieve stuff. But when you listen to the language, when, when you hear them talking about never knew it was possible and um, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say that they're really praising God for how God helped me because yes, we praise God and give God thanks for his help. But underlying that sometimes you can hear it's coming from a shame based place where that person didn't think that it was even possible for them to achieve because they didn't feel they were good enough. They didn't feel they were good enough to accomplish this thing or do this thing. And so you hear the sound of the the shame base coming through even when there's praise, praising God for that. Okay? But I'm not faulting people, I'm just bringing awareness of what happens to us when certain programming happens in childhood, certain treatment happen in childhood and how it comes out in adulthood. And when it goes into a relationship, it then comes and damages another person, okay? damages another person. So you find perfectionism because what? The person's afraid to fail, afraid to fail. If they don't get it right, if you don't get it perfect, if you don't get it perfect, what people will say and that I will look like a failure. That's toxic shame at the base of that, right? That's toxic shame at the base of that. So when you see perfectionism coming through, self-righteousness, you know, self-righteousness, the base of that is shame. The base of it is shame. And they're looking at the self-righteousness and the perfectionism. You're looking to make somebody else right. I did it in the past, not knowing, right? You're looking to fix everything and make everything look right so that it will feel right and there will be no shame because you're coming from a shame-based place. Because we're coming from a shame-based place, okay? Negative self-talk, anger in response to shame triggers. anger. When something happens that can make me look bad or make the family look bad or make the the church look bad or the society or the group look bad and somebody flies into anger because of what somebody did that they believe, sometimes it's not even a reality that that others may think badly of us. That's coming from a shame-based place. That's coming from a shame-based place. OK, because when something is not perfect and when something is not right or when somebody makes a mistake, everybody makes mistake. Who here can say I've never made a mistake? We make mistakes because we didn't know or we didn't get enough. You know, we haven't practiced enough or everybody makes mistake. And so, you know, I want I, I'm going to be saying that i plan to say to the end. I'm going to say it now. We need to normalize making mistakes normalize making errors. It's normal for human beings to make errors. It always tickles me when I post something and somebody jumps in and says something and I can smell out the self-righteousness. I can smell out the spiritualizing of it. I chuckle, I chuckle, okay? So let's also watch that and be aware, right? So when something happens, something goes, doesn't go right. And the person flies into anger, especially if it's a leader, a leader, you see the anger because somebody messed up. Somebody didn't get it right. Somebody come late. Something isn't working. And you see anger, that is the foundation under that is coming from a shame-based place because the person is just terrified of looking badly to others, terrified of what others will think. The emphasis is on appearance and performance, right? It's, that comes from a shame-based place, okay? Alrighty, so let me look in. Yes, like somebody said, life happens. Okay, okay. Um, let me just look and say, hi, welcoming in all those who hopped in after and see if there are any other comments or questions that you have, it tells me a whole bunch of comments, but I can only see one, two, three, four. Oh, Facebook. Let me just see, okay, all right. Coming from a shame-based place, okay? And you find sometimes two persons that come from a shame-based foundation, um, there will be some things that they're coming up with that they think is gonna happen and they're freaking out and you get anxiety and all that about, come just from their thoughts. Just the thought, they're thinking this is what's gonna happen. Thinking that's what's gonna happen and start to panic. When in reali- reality, sometimes don't even ever happen. Or when you do process it, it doesn't, it's not realistic. It's, it probably cannot happen, right? So you watch that. So we have shame-based cultures where the culture and the society is like that. The culture, the society is like that. The tribe is like that. The village is like that, right? this coming from that shame-based place and there's things that's going to make you feel shame and people will cry shame on the family or shame on you because you did this. Um, or you might hear things like, oh, we from X village, it, let's say, for example, I don't want to call a name because I'm just looking for something. If if the village is called Utopia or something or Utopia, we Utopians don't do that. No, that she don't belong to this, she don't belong to us. You ever hear that you almost get disowned because you did something that was different to make the society, the culture, the family look bad. Shame based, shame based. Okay. when there is a you get shame based families, shame based parenting. When there's shame based family, shame based parenting, you get heavy control by one authority figure. And so you want to ask some questions. If you disagree with what is the authority, whatever is it, laid down, what happens? If you dare to disagree, if you dare to be different, if you dare to have, choose one and have a different style or do things differently, what happens? When you see that sense of heavy control, it's coming from a shame-based place. That adult, that parent has shame down in the roots of their soul right? That would have happened with their family or their childhood and that they're coming from that place. You might even find secrets, dark secrets, dark secrets, but we only see the behavior. We see the performance and the appearance, right? The outward, and we can't understand it, but when you understand that some things you're seeing come from a shame-based place, you can have more empathy for that person sometimes, more understanding And turn around and have more self-love and not get engaged too much with what's going on coming from that person, okay? When you have a shame-based family, shame-based parenting, the dependence, whoever's depending on this authority figure is only there to boost that person's ego and their narcissism. So children are there for that authority figure. You are here to serve me. Right, which in I believe is the other way around. I believe it's the other way around. I believe the adults and the parents are there for those kids to raise them up and train them up in the way they should go, making them into adults who will serve society. It's the other way around. But if you find a place where the children have to be taking care of the emotional needs and everything of the adult, I'm not talking about regular illness and sickness, eh? get me right. But you know what I'm talking about? When that demand is on there to make that adult feel, you, that adult who is doing that is coming from a shame-based place, right? So the shame-based identity, who I am, is coming from a shame-based place. Shame from my past and whatever happened. Okay. And so you'll find persons putting that on. And I I hope you can see also, this is how you can get that narcissism forming, that overt narcissism forming. So it's going to be both. The covert narcissist, which is more quiet and so will go in and, and hide. There's a hiding of the real self, what I'm feeling and what's going on. The overt one will come put on all the big fancy outward appearance and deception and mask and all that to be accepted. Okay, and approved. There's shame-based thinking, if you can think, can see that, where what my thoughts are coming from that shame-based place. What do people say? What do people? Shame-based feelings, shame-based behaviors. Okay, that is um, coming through there. And so p- sometimes we, when this happens, there's shame-based cover-ups. People cover up, try to cover up the shame. You can identify a person coming from shame-based place. All right, or, we, or I should say identify when shame probably is probably is paying a part. rage anger and rage anger and rage at stuff that you don't even understand why the rage if you're upset at something you get angry why the rage that's going on and this person rage they cannot control they can't stop themselves so it takes a good while for them to calm down no matter what anybody's saying or anybody dares to say something they'll turn around and attack you too right? And the Bible talks about that. Don't, don't try to correct an angry person because you'll get hurt as well, right? Self-righteousness is another tactic used to cover up shame. Criticism, criticizing others, you know, crit- <laughs> criticizing others, judging others. Um, with the self-righteousness, the should word, be careful with when we're using should. Should and should is that we're saying what you should do and what you shouldn't do, right? Be careful that comes comes in with judgment. Um, blame, um, blame game, shame, blame, and rage. That's a narcissistic, um, strategy and tool that they use as well. Right. They go from shame. Once that sense of shame comes up, the the fear of shame comes up, then comes blame. They're blaming somebody else for whatever happened rightfully or wrongfully. And then comes the rage. When you see that, it's coming from a fear and shame place, right? That's what is going on. And of course, I mentioned perfectionism. Perfectionism. Okay. Now, I want to talk about narcissism and shame. Is this making sense to you guys so far? Anybody, if you can identify with that, give me a heart or something. Is any of this making sense? Is any of this triggering anything for you? Any memories for you? Um, have you seen this in your society, your community, your neighborhood, your family, or even in yourself? Have you seen it, or have you seen it in others? Drop me a heart. Drop me a heart or drop me something if that is, that is you and you're seeing something. I don't, let me just refresh this page because I just have four comments and nothing else is moving. So I'm going to refresh my page. Let me just see what
0: comes up. Okay. Yeah. I'm not seeing all of it. Thank you guys for the shares. Okay. Awesome.
1: There we go. Okay. Okay. I'm now seeing all of that. Okay. Okay. Great. 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 Okay. So, Narcissism and shame. Narcissists do come from a shame-based place, a lot of shame, right? Shame, the insecurity, self-loathing, they don't really like themselves. But instead of turning within and addressing that and getting help with that, you find they will say there's nothing wrong with them, but they project and throw everything onto everybody else. So, when they're talking and you can recognize that this is where they're coming from, you do not take what they're saying about you. You don't take it into you. It it doesn't belong to you. They're just projecting what they're feeling about themselves onto you because it's too scary. It's too painful for them to turn inwards. And I heard somebody made a comment the other day, and I thought this is so powerful that if every one of us will just turn within, and check ourselves and work on us. Relationships will be so much better, so much better if we can do that. You know, I have this program, um, my uh, group coaching program, um, it's called Enlightened to Emerge. And in that program, one of the things we do that has been a real game changer for the um, things is identifying saboteurs, sabotaging thoughts that we each have We have different ones and there's an assessment that we do, you know, and when we identify that, what happens is that you're so much more aware and conscious of yourself and who you are and how you can and how you think and the thoughts that come to you. And then we work on how you manage those thoughts so that they don't sabotage you and make you stop you from making decisions or make you make the wrong decisions. It's so powerful. Right, but we do that inside there. Okay, so because nar- the narcissist has so much shame, they're so aware of it, they're conscious of it, and so they use it as a control instrument, control tool when they're in relationships. So at the beginning, it's a love bombing; it will be nice, but it's very soon they'll start to drop some things, some comments that, and some. I even I they'll drop some comments and some criticism. Some words will be dropped that is really targeted at you because one of the things they are very gifted at is they're able to recognize a person who has shame. They can recognize when you have situations in your life, in the court time too, they're talking and conversation, trying to find out about you, get material on you they can use as a weapon to shoot you down with later right and so if there's stuff in your family that you know you might be embarrassed about or you don't talk about it or you won't be telling other people about it they can snuff that out and they try to get it out and in the beginning you may think that they are supporting you or or kind of empathizing with you stuff, they're not capable of empathy. They're not capable of that, but they'll use those things and throw it back at you whenever there is any time that they go into their shame, blame, rage, which is all them, all inside of them, all happening with them. They will now come and pick up all of those things that they knew about you that could probably make you feel ashamed and try to throw it at you. They'll talk about you, maybe your your body, maybe your family, maybe your friends. They'll try to be, you know, throwing these kind of negative things about you. But they're able to pick up people who they know will feel ashamed if they open up their mouth and tell some of these stories. And so they're masters in the shame, the shaming industry, I call it. That's my words, right? Masters in the shaming industry. So they'll use it to create more shame. The intention there is to put you down, make you feel less worthy of yourself because they don't have good self-worth either. So you who might have it, might have better self-worth or better, you know, feel better about yourself that they have a difficulty with that. They have a difficulty with that. So they'll use things, right? And so some of the things they'll be saying and throwing at you are facts. It may be true. But these are, not things, these are things out of your control. If something happened to your family or parents or friends or whatever, that was out of your control, right? It happened. If it is something that you did that might have been embarrassing at the time and you got over it, so what? So what? Yes, I made a mistake. I made a bad judgment. I made, you know, I, I, I did my made my decision based on the knowledge I had at the time. Own your ish. Own your stuff. And you'll be the one to boldly say it. So there's no shame around it. There's no shame around an error. There's no shame around a mistake. Every human being does those, right? In the moment, you'll be embarrassed about it, that, you know, you did something that you should not have done. But once you admit that and you admit, you ask person, okay, I'm sorry, just forgive me. You know, that was, you know, I, I, you know, and you work towards not doing it again. You work to, if you need help, you get help to correct it there's no more shame around that but when you keep it as a secret and you still have it as a shame the narcissist will know and they'll use it and create more shame in your life to destroy your soul to destroy your soul so just I love to say I can put the first pin in the bubble I can build my own balloon out there I'm gonna say this is what it was and yes this is that if I had the sense I know now have now I would have made a different decision back then. Get comfortable with that, with anything in your life. Because the wisdom you have today, you didn't have it last week or last month or last year. And so if you had the wisdom you had today to make the decision you made last year that didn't go as you expected it, if you had the wisdom now that you had then, you would have done it differently. But you just didn't have that wisdom then. You didn't have all the knowledge then that you have now. And there's some things you're going to do now and some decisions you're going to do now. You're doing it your best based on the knowledge you have, the wisdom you have, right? You prayed and you believe this is what God might be saying to you. And then next year, God chose it something different. And then there's some shame-based people who will come to now criticize you and find fault and how you didn't hear from God, you didn't hear from all of that. Okay, the wisdom I have, I did that then, own it, own it. And so you just put a pin and just, you know, there's no shame in that. So you don't come from a shame-based place going forward in your life, okay? Okay, so um, what else I wanted to share with you guys? Oh. Right, so the narcissist will, by creating shame for you, They, to them, they put themselves in control over you. And so when something you find, when you have to deal with it for the first and before you have the strength and you're empowered, and this is the empowerment I talk about and I teach women about, that kind of empowerment where you're empowered to stand up and say, that happened, so what? That happened, so what? That was in the past. That's not who I am now. The she, The she I used to be, I am not the she now. The she who I am now is not the she who I used to be, right? And there's some people who... They're still at the corner, a hundred miles up the road where you made that mistake. They're still sitting on that corner, watching this mistake and replaying it in their heads. And you have moved on in your life, hundred, 200 miles down the road. When that person comes up to talk to you, you're not going back to that corner. Leave them sitting there. Don't even explain anything. Don't even explain. Don't even stop on your journey. <laughs> don't even stop on your journey to be explaining anything to them or, or defending yourself. It's not worth it, right? It's not worth it. You're on a journey. You're going forward to where God is taking you. Some people who are still in your past, leave them right there. That's, they're just going to take the journey with you anyhow. Okay. All right. So <laughs> that's people bouncing bun- out there. They couldn't take that journey anyhow. Okay. So Um, That The narcissists and some of these people, they put themselves in a position of control in your relationship by constantly undermining your own personal sense of self-worth. Wake up. That's what they're doing. That's what they're trying to do. Do not buy into it. Don't buy into it, right? Wake up and decide, no, this is not who I am. That's who I was. That's where I was back then. That's who I used to be. I'm not the she I used to be. Okay, And people, the persons I have to say this for the narcissist, persons who suffer from an unbearable sense of shame, where they can not bear their own shame to look on the inside of them. They look for that admiration outside and you'll find that. So they treat you badly. They say things about you. They make you feel badly. And then they're out there getting people to like them. Right. Deceiving others into liking them. Leave that alone. Leave that alone. You know the game and you know what's going on, you do you. Check on you. Make sure you're okay. Make sure you're growing better. Make sure you're growing stronger emotionally. And these things don't be like the narcissists who think that they can do their own therapy on their own self because they want to do whatever they have to do in secret. Secrecy is of the devil. Anytime you got to still keep something secret, you're spinning in, you're spinning in circles, right? Get help get help, talk with someone who understands this stuff. Not everybody does. Someone who understands, somebody who is trained to not inflict further pain on you, okay? So watch it for those with the beautiful outside and the ugly inside, okay? And um, like before I, I shared, let's normalize mistakes and errors. So even with your kids, if you have kids and you're dealing with young people, something they make a mistake, they do something wrong, let them know that's a mistake. Okay, how are you going to do this differently going forward? What did you learn from this? Use it as a teaching moment to let them know that they are worthy. They are good, but you made a mistake. And let them know that you too made a mistake. The way how sometimes adults come over, you believe they never make any mistake. They're so perfect. Let them know when you make a mistake. Let, and when you make a mistake, you you do whatever, apologize to them. Ask them to forgive you. Say you're sorry for how you acted. Ask them to pray for you. Let them know that you want to, you didn't want to do this. You don't feel good about it and you want to do it better going forward. That's how we teach them how they now can can handle situations. But when we self-righteous, we perfect parents, we perfect adults, we perfect leaders, we perfect pastors, and we get there and we just beating down on people and don't do, don't do, and we never hearing, When you had to apologize, we never hearing when you had to go before God for forgiveness. (sighs) The gap too wide. The gap too wide. Because you'll have people who forever feeling bad about themselves. Eventually they're feeling that something is wrong with me. Like I said up front, it's like, what's wrong with me now? Nothing is wrong with you. Nothing is wrong
0: with you. Okay.
1: All right. So no more personal shame and secrets. The family secrets. Don't buy into it. I mean, you can't go and blow all of it, but maybe if you can find a trusted person, you talk about it and you get it out of you. So it's no longer a secret you're holding down. That is just hindering you in your life and just affecting your body because we all these things shame in our bodies. It shows up physically. Okay. It shows up physically. Okay. So Alrighty, all righty. I that's what I wanted to share tonight about shame. Oh, somebody said dirt diggers. Yes, there are people who are dirt diggers. Leave them in the pit. Think about it. If you dig in dirt, they're gonna form a pit eventually. Where are you digging from? Leave them. D- leave them in the pit. Unless God tells you to go and help get them out. But if you're not big be- Careful, they will have you in the pit with them. Know where you are, right? Know where you are and decide no. And and identify. The thing we want to be doing is learning how to discern. That's the word. Discern. When these persons are saying things, where is it coming from? Realize that some people are coming from a shame-based place and it's coming from their own shame. So what they're trying to throw on you doesn't belong to you doesn't belong to you, right? So even though they're throwing the truth about you or about your family or your friends or whatever, they're criticizing and condemning, you know, like the saying goes, what Peter says about Paul, it says more about Peter than it says about the Paul he's talking about, right? And so being discerning, being able to step back and be discerning that when these persons are saying these things, that it's it's not about you. It's not about you. Okay. They have their own things that they're struggling with. And so, and if you have come up in a shame-based family, you will be carrying a lot of shame and you'll be operating from and thinking from and acting from a shame-based place. You want to work on that. You want to get that work, get that therapy, get that coaching, get help to identify it and to overcome it and to be set free from it. So you are free to just flow. If you've ever had the experience where there's something that you are keeping a secret finally came out and it looks as if the shame was so much, but then you look back, it's out and that's it. It's out. And that dreaded shame that you carried maybe for years is no longer there. You're free from it. You set free. It's like captivity, right? You set free. We want to Move from that shame based, recognize it for what it is, but don't be the one operating from that so we can get back our self worth. Okay. And be who God designed us to be. Awesome. 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 Late. Like Marcy said to watch later. Hi. Happy to have you. So happy to have all of you guys. Um, again, I would say if you have any private questions or it's anything you want to, you can DM me. And I will respond and we'll take it from there. I encourage you to join the private Facebook group, um, Empowering Your Life. I'm going to come back and post it in here. Be in that group, be in that group, because very soon that there's some, when I'm going to be doing some more deeper things, it's going to be in the group. This is a public space where everything, I can't talk everything and do everything, but be in the group, be in a space where like-minded people, people who have experienced what you have experienced. So, you know, you're not alone. Okay. Okay. All right. So any other questions? If no more questions for you, for me. <coughs> Sorry. No more questions for me. I want to thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys for being here. Those looking in from England, I know it's a sacrifice. It's like about 30 in the morning or something there. I really, really appreciate that. And please share, share this um, message. If this message has meaning for you, or you know somebody who can just be set free just to find inner peace and freedom so that they can emerge and be who they're supposed to be. Share this, okay? Okay, all right. So good night, good night, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you.